Oh yes, everybody, it is once again that time. We are coming to you live from the RMJ Studios. We've got Shane McGuire, formerly from Voodoo Karma in the house. This is Bar, Bar Stars, Stars Detroit. Detroit. <sighs> Cheers, my friends. Eight o'clock on Friday night, I'm loading up my car. Driving to the show, man, I forgot my guitar. Well, screw that, I'm a bar star. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bar Stars Detroit, episode number two. Um, want to say thank you very much to everybody who listened to the first episode. Got about 150 listens or so up to date, uh, which is actually pretty good considering this is just kind of a little local scene here. And I noticed YouTube was not counting me. Anytime I refreshed the page to see if it would maybe bump the plays up, it was not counting me. It only counted me one time, so that's a good thing. We appreciate everyone listening. Everyone had some pretty positive feedback. I didn't didn't hear any negative feedback whatsoever. What about you, Ricky? Yeah, no, it looked good. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. I was worried. I was waiting for someone to get offended over like, what are these something. Jab- what are these jabrones trying to do here? Yeah. Someone be like, I know they're talking about me. I know that's me they're talking about. We want to say thank you to everybody. We want to say thank you to our buddy Travis Stong for the artwork. He made our logo. You can find him on Instagram at tra.v.art. Facebook at Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S, Stong, S-T-O-N-G, not strong. Stong, S-T-O-N-G. Do not put the fucking R in there. Do not. It's real common. He's also got an email at Travis M. Stong, S-T-O-N-G, no R, again, at gmail.com. I say that because I know somebody with that last name, and people misspell it all the time. Yeah, or... uh. I know we were talking about on that first episode on how uh, we were going to get our social media up, so yes. which we did. Yes, we did. So uh, You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Catch us on uh, Facebook at uh, handle BarStarsDET, which is short for Detroit. Good. Our Twitter, same, at BarStarsDET. No R. Wait, there is an R on bar. Sorry. <laughs> or um which uh or you can email us at barstarsdet at yahoo.com if you have any questions or complaints. Yes, that's where <laughs> it is at. Cause we're here for you. If you have complaints, be sure to voice every one of them. If you have questions, we will read them on the air if yeah, we think man. they are good enough and your name will be immortalized. On this podcast to the rest of the time. <laughs> so last podcast, the first one, we had everything went surprisingly well and we had never done this before. Anything like this. I've never I have no radio experience. Neither does Ricky. Uh, so everything went relatively smooth for that. Other than I do say ah uh, a lot and I still haven't uh broken uh from that but i'm trying i'm being conscientious about it Uh, a couple times we misspoke there was one point where i was talking about being in a cover band 
in being happy to be playing other people's music and getting paid. And I think I said, I'm playing my own music and getting paid, so I'm happy. But what I meant was, no, I'm not playing my own music, but at least I still get to perform and play other people's music. I can still be on stage, and I'm getting paid for it, so it's awesome. But there was one other spot where there was bit of a miss miss uh spoken word here when we were talking about our friend who skinny dipped in the St. Clair River I believe that is and his junk was frozen and steaming according to Ricky I did not look at his junk but Ricky I don't know saw man his steaming been- junk we uh because we were talking about it so much we had to go I had to go back and pull up actual video footage of it was uh, Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so uh I'm not saying you were sitting there looking at it, but uh there was kind of we had no choice but to uh see this dude butt naked. Perhaps I suppressed that memory, <laughs> I think is what happened. As he's sitting there quietly, give me my pants. <laughs> That's some Buffalo because Bill we were... style shit right there. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Because uh, the, we were scared that the cops were showing up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Me- at, at one point in there, you said that you did. You said his junk was. I think you meant inverted. Inverted. But you said introverted. Yeah. Which means that we there's were... like some emotional scarring to his junk during that moment. Well. So I'm slightly concerned, and I think we should call him to check on his on his, his shy his shy wing. His shy antisocial wing. Yes. Well, it could be the same thing because uh, it, it was hiding, so it was shy. Yeah, maybe, but it just seems, I mean, it does apply, I suppose, but I think we should give him a call because I want to check on it, you check make sure him? he's okay. Yeah, can you, you got his number? All right. What What if he answers? Well, hopefully he does because I need to know if he got therapy or something. This is Reverend Schofield. Schofield, you are on the air, buddy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, so in our last episode, Ricky said something that made me concerned. I wanted to call and check on you. Um, He said your junk was not inverted, but in fact introverted, which means that after that event where you skinny dipped in the river, your junk became antisocial. Didn't want to go out, didn't want to come out and play, and I'm just wondering if everything's okay now. Uh, well, after years of therapy um, with little Jim, um, he did come out to play, and I now have two children. Yes! <laughs> okay, yeah. I figured I figured those kids were yours, but then once I heard that it was introverted, I was I was wondering, so... Glad to know, man. Glad to know. We just wanted to call and check up on you. Yeah, no problem at all. Hope you're doing all right. There's plenty of other stories we're going to have. We're going to have to get you in here and talk about them live. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm going to get embarrassed time and time again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, thanks so much, man. Enjoy your weekend. 
You too, man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I love the show. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, that went great. smooth. I was expecting to either not get an answer, or yeah. he would. Luckily, it's Saturday. He didn't want the Reverend to be in church, having to talk about that. But anyway, moving on, we've got our buddy Shane McGuire in the studio, formerly of Voodoo Karma. Shane, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going great. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime, man. I figured that you would be the perfect first guy in here for many reasons. One, I mean, obviously, you're kind of, you've done the cover thing a little while now. You're looking to move onward and upward here, and you're you're leaving Michigan. I am. To go be in Nashville and pursue this full time. So I sure am. That that's awesome. I'm working on it. You're gonna make it happen, man. I have faith. I thank uh, you. I think a lot of us are gonna envy you. So keep keep us posted. Keep absolutely, in touch. absolutely. Um, and I, you said you're gonna get a blog started, right? I am. So yep. what, you you have a website. Will it be on the website? Yeah, What's... I'll link it. I'll link it. Right now, I have another blog up there. It's just like talking about horror movies, but that's I want to do too. like yeah. I want to do the regular man's journey. From here to Nashville, so you know I didn't come from. I don't have famous music parents. I don't have you know tons of money. I don't have like any privileges. So I think it would be kind of cool to hear someone who's just you know playing at Rusty Nail every weekend, trying to expand it. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and the story's gonna start with this one time I was on a podcast. <laughs> called Bar Stars right, Detroit, exactly. and that opened everything up yeah. for me. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, uh, a little bit off the topic, um, what's your your uh, movie blog right now? Oh, it doesn't really have a title, but it's okay. just kind of like reviewing horror movies. Because oh, cool. people always ask me because I live and breathe that oh, stuff. Yeah, dude. So we, people, are always awesome. like, people are always <clears throat> like, oh, what do you think of this one? What do you think of this one? So I was like, oh, I'll write about it. See what yeah. happens. People I, seem I'm, to like it. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Isn't your dog named after a horror he movie is. character? My little Brahms. Yeah. Brahms, from yes. that movie. From that movie, The Boy. I hated the movie. I thought it was terrible, but I thought it was a really cool name. It's a great what, name. I just what? saw the movie recently. Yeah. I wasn't because uh, I'm a big movie buff, and I really like horror films too. And I know Danny likes. You know, we grew up on classic horror films. Uh, what's your favorite? I have a lot. I think I always have to attribute it to probably Stephen King's Cujo. Okay. Because that movie, when I was a kid, that movie traumatized me. And my mom would like play it over. And she showed me it when I was like six. And I was like way too young. (laughs) And she would just play it. She'd play it over and over and over again. I would cry the whole time. (laughs) I would cry. Just be full on tears. And my mom thought it was hilarious. So she would just constantly play it over and over. And now, like to this day, I'm a huge dog person. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like... That's why you got such a little yeah. dog. I'm like exactly because I'm like if he r- goes rabies on me, I can punt him. Like I can't, I can't. That's why I'm always like I go to the vet. I'm like, does he need his rabies shots? Because even if he doesn't, he does. Dog gets a rabies shot every year. I think I I got to give it to that. that what's though, your so What's your first one? My first horror movie. Well, that you remember at a young say you were at a young age. The first horror movies I watched at a young age was on Friday the thirteenth. They would play all the Jason films or the Friday the 13th films on USA. So they were edited. So I was like eight or nine. I could watch them and 
the gruesome murder scenes were kind of edited out and the swearing and the nudity. So that was probably first. And then I'd say the first horror movies that I watched uncensored were about a year or two later. And that was Nightmare on Elm Street. And that's my favorite to this day. Robert England, man. All of them. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think my first was, uh, Stephen King's it. It. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at a young age, then one of those kind of like what Shane was talking about is it was a Halloween night. And I believe I was with my dad this time when I was young and I, and it was on real late at night and I was up still. And for whatever reason, it, it wasn't unedited. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if it was maybe on Showtime or yeah something. or something, you know. And it one of the things where I I'll never forget where uh, it was a Friday the Thirteenth. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe two or three. And there was a part where I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> and it like scarred me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of scarring parts yeah, in yeah, well, movies. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, you know, someone getting their guts ripped out. That's the best part. I yeah. think it was just Stephen King for me too, because my mom did the same thing with The Shining, and then she did the same thing with Pet Cemetery. Oh, so it's yeah. like basically Stephen King ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Ricky's son resembles the kid in Pet Cemetery oh, a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, remind me to not go upstairs. <laughs> oh no, you're going. <laughs> Take a good look at him and see. He's an adorable kid. That kid in the movie's adorable. He's on Full House, too. Yeah, he's going to grab a scalpel And cut your Achilles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, we should start a horror movie podcast. Shane would have to host that. I'm in. He's the expert. I'm down. We'll but, just, yeah, we'll Skype him. There we go. But I've got two drummers down here, really. I mean, Ricky's multi-instrumentalist. Do you play other instruments, Shane? Or? I play clarinet for... 11 years. Hell yeah. Could I still, oh, I wish I could still, I mean, I can still read the music. I just wish I could still play it because it's. The, the mouth I, goes away yeah, on instruments I think I, like I think I took it for granted when I was going. Hey. I'm like, nobody wants to listen to this. But now as I'm older, I'm like, if I was shredding the clarinet right now, people would be like, oh my God. Right. This is crazy. He's only, how old is he? Like. And now for some soothing sounds from Squidward's clarinet. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Danny used to rock the tuba. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I grew into looking like a tuba player. <laughs> I didn't look like a tuba player until I started playing, and then I just started well, blowing so, hey, up. Actually, you first rocked the trumpet. The trumpet! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Anything then, anything with a spit trap. Yes. <laughs> I love just releasing that, that so thing. Because clarinets always sat in front of... Like tubas and trumpets, so it was just like behind my seat, just puddles, just spit. It was so uh, nasty. Was there carpet? We had carpet no. in our band. No, room. we had tile floor. Oh. It was disgusting. <laughs> You'd think there'd be a better way, but you know that's really interesting, actually, because I because Ricky played snare drum all through band and stuff like that all through school. So you played clarinet. So you oh, were I not. Did. No. A drummer in high school, no, were you? No, I was not. When, when did I you... always, like, now I wish I was, but I never, hmm. I was fascinated by it all the time. Like, I would wake up 
early at band camp because I wanted to hear the drum line running through the cadences. It oh, was yeah. so cool. I was fascinating. I just never did it. I don't know. I just I I wanted to be a drummer and my parents said, Fuck you. They were just like, No, you're not <laughs> you were not listening to yeah, that. I think that's most parents, dude. You know, Pro- probably like, it's, uh, it's obnoxious. Just, yeah, obnoxious, loud noises. Right. Especially when it's just the snare at the uh-huh. one time. Uh-huh. Just snare rudiments for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents weren't actually that mean about it. They were just kind of like, nah, you know, maybe something else. And I ended up, I wanted to play the snare drum in band and it just, I somehow I ended up with trumpet. I don't know how. The trumpet. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, so when, what drew you, obviously you had a fascination with the drums, but yeah. what drew you to that to where you're like, you know what, fuck it, I'm getting did a you set ever, and I'm doing this. As a kid, did you ever like, you know, like a lot of kids would take out their parents' pots and pans. Did you ever do well, that? I had one of those like little mini kits, like oh, over okay. there's a picture of me. It was like, wasn't even one of those. It was like the really toy kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I don't know how long I played on that thing, but. My grandpa was a professional jazz drummer oh, okay. in Chicago. He backed a 12-piece jazz band for I don't know how long it was. That's but cool. I never, unfortunately, I never got to see him play before he passed. But I don't know. I think that was probably part of it. And then also Rock Band for PS4 or PS3 at the time, I guess it was. That's really? What it yeah. And that's actually how I learned how to play on Rock Band. Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a very interesting story, but it worked. <clears throat> That's incredibly interesting. Can it's, can I ask your age on here? I, I, I twenty nine. Okay, twenty nine. Yeah. I think when I met you, you were twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah. In my mind, you just stayed that age because yeah. as I age, time moves fast. It's like so, I don't know if I met you three years or three months ago. It three years, I think. Yeah, I, I'd say so because yeah. it wasn't long after you joined so, um, Voodoo. So, how long have you actually been playing drums? About eleven years. Okay. Yeah, I got my first actual kit. I think it was. Senior year or right out of high school, I don't know, okay. whatever that was. So that's 2007. Well, you never ended up playing drums in school? No. Okay. No, clarinet until senior year. Wow, that's interesting, yeah, man. It's, it's very interesting. I've never heard that. I mean, it's cool because now I can read. I mean, it's not drum music, but I can read music. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah, cool. And then sure. I took like took a few <clears throat> piano classes in college. So it made that a lot easier, too, because all I had to do was learn the bass clef. Right. So it made things a lot easier, but... No drums until after graduation. That's 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 amazing. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why it is. And I so, think that's when Rock Band came out. I yeah. think it came out in two thousand seven. It's kind of funny because like uh, a lot of people, because I think even like a lot of times I'll say things like, "Oh, your generation, my generation," which technically we're from the same generation. But I always feel like like a high school term is almost like a generation. Like my four years in high school were much. Times were different than the people who were four Mm -hmm. years after me and before me. So, like, to us, it was kind of like, yeah, we like Rock Band and stuff. But at the same time, there's, like, that South Park episode where I'm not that familiar with South Park. But I remember seeing this episode where, like, the dad, they're all playing Guitar Hero. And the dad, like, Mm. kicks open the door. He's got a real guitar. He's like, check this out. (laughs) And he's playing. (laughs) And they just look at him like, okay. And then <laughs> right. they go back like it's all about getting the high score. And so to us, it was kind of like, ah, oh, man, like this is going to kill musicianship in a way. Yeah. Kids are never going to want to learn real instruments. They're just going to play these four buttons and these fake drums. But that's totally what got you going. Yeah. So that's totally, yeah. totally debunks our theory. And I turned it into those were my drum lessons. 
It's amazing. <laughs> did you ever, did you end up taking any drum lessons later no. on? Okay. No. I taught myself the whole way, all the way through. I mean, I watched a lot of, I think freedrumlessons.com was a thing back then. I don't know if it still is. I think it might just be Drumio now. I don't know. But back then, that really helped. They had like sections for rudiments and they had sections for a lot of the basic stuff, which I watched a lot of. <laughs> but other than that, it was just myself. Wow. Um, band wise, when did you join your first band? It was Voodoo Karma. Voodoo was your first yeah, band? Yeah. Wow. Which is, it's crazy. I mean, I was in like a little, I was in a screamo thing for a few months, but it just wasn't out of creative differences and. One of those things where they're like, this is the guitar lick that's going to work. And I'm like, well, I can't physically do that transition on the drums. But it was right. just, you know, butting heads a little bit. But no, we never, that never went anywhere. We had a couple songs, but it never. So all of my playing was in my mom's basement wow. or with like a couple friends who would play guitar, but it never was. Never on stage. I would play. I used to have a lot of house parties, and I would just like sit down on the drums at the house party and be wasted and play drums. And people would be like, "Yeah, it's awesome. It's kind of sweet." But <laughs> you didn't have a band around you. You're just playing the drums. I did that for hours a day for years until that band. Yep. That probably explains because I mean, you you have a pretty solid meter when you play at least as far as i can tell i'm not a human metronome by any means but like i'll sit there and sway and i can usually feel if like something speeds up or slows yeah. down your meter is usually pretty solid and it's probably because of that obviously majority of recorded music that's popular is all on a click so if you're spending all your time just playing along with that right like a part of me was like i wish i would have started earlier like out in the scene but then someone once said to me they're like well you might not have the skills you have now then if you started way earlier and i'm like well you're right because i just for hours just hammered away in the basement because i worked retail for years so i had would have three days off four days off in a week right you know those retail hours you get 14 hours a week Oh yeah. So I just we were there. So I would yeah. have so I would have all those days off, and that's all I would do. Just wake up and just do that for hours. Wow, that's interesting. Because yeah, like as probably we talked about in the last episode, we kind of soon as we were capable of yeah. playing out, we were playing out and made a lot of the mistakes right in the public eye. I guess so. <laughs> where you really honed it, and that that's all really interesting to me because I think there's a level of maturity musical maturity so at any age that you start playing you still have to go through those musical maturity steps and i feel like because i would have thought you were playing until now i didn't find this out till now i would have thought you've been playing since you could hold drumsticks well thank you i appreciate so, that uh, yeah and, be, and it's because too like you're like you have discipline and things like that a lot of times we go through phases where we want to at every instrument it's like what can i do i want to go into business right. for myself a little bit what can i do here whereas you're always i can see like on your face you're focusing you're you're just making sure everything sounds tight when you're playing so. yeah well and also too at least he had music theory and, and everything already incorporated right. in him beforehand yeah so then it's, you learned dynamics and you right. learned a lot so of that so it's not stuff. like he just you know came off the street and was like 
I don't have any music ability, but I want to play drums right now. Yeah. You know. Right, right. Yeah. For sure. It's cool. You're right about those like maturity levels, drummers especially. I know you know especially. Yeah. You go through this like now I have to have a double bass pedal and uh-huh. everything has to be double bass. <laughs> and then like, you know, you're playing Stone Temple Pilots, but you're going like, you know, you can't, you go through that phase and then you go through the next phase where you're like, I want three China symbols and four splash symbols. Oh, and, and then it's like, everyone does that. And I feel like I, I got, had... I got to do it not in the public eye, which yeah. is cool. Ju- in junior high, man, I had the whole giant Gibraltar rack. Yeah. Like yeah, as many times as you can get. Bunch of symbols everywhere. You lugged that about five or six times. That was it. You were like, yep. No, I would have done it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think being younger, maybe you have more of that drive. I've noticed that, especially with drummers that don't play out a lot. I'll see their practice space. Like, they'll Mm -hmm. take a picture on Facebook and post it, and it's like, they're practicing with a drum stage in the basement with a rack with around everything and it's like it's cool like i mean if, if you're having a good time some bands that's just what it is it's like this is you know thursday night tuesday night whenever we get together that's our night we're jamming but it's like man when you're lugging that shit back and forth uh. everywhere it's like okay <clears throat> oh yeah. snare bass pedal hi-hat and a cymbal right. some people you know whatever it whatever works <laughs> or eek it or eat that. It. <laughs> it's good for practicing. Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely are. And then you're not, you know, bugging everybody. Oh, yeah. I remember your dad's band used to sit there and practice yeah. with no because pe- they were playing every weekend. So I'd come over sometimes. They'd be in the living room. Yeah. No PA. Dude would be on an E-kit or sometimes yeah. just on a pad. And they were just playing real soft yeah. and no mics, nothing. It sounded awesome. Yeah, yeah. Had a nice echoey living room there. Um, but, yeah, all, all of that's very interesting. Um, and, yes, the, the musical maturity thing is, is it's pretty amazing. You kind of went through that. I think you went through that on fast forward is what must have happened. So th- that's a good thing. Um who who are you influenced by, and maybe even obviously you were playing rock band and stuff like that. But yeah. was there a drummer when you first started that you were like, I want to be like that guy? I think there was a few. I think back then when my maturity level was a little lower, before I went through all those phases, I was like really into those super like Marco Miniman. I think that's how you say. His, I don't know some super foreign guy. I don't. He plays super he foreign plays, guy. <laughs> I don't know how to say his. I don't know how to say his yeah. name, but he like. There was a video that came out, I think, in 2007, where he was doing all this like crazy technical stuff to loops, like sample loops, and they were they were dialogue loops. So there would be like the, he had one where it was Bender from Futurama, and he's like, "Bite my shiny metal ass," <laughs> but he would play different drum styles to that, and uh-huh. it like I, like blew my mind. I was like, "This is insane!" And it was crazy that he could find the meter in dialogue. Yeah. And it was just crazy to me. But now it's more like. Now I've changed a little bit. Now I'm much more like Charlie Watts from the Stones is my dude. Yeah. Him and uh, Max Weinberg from Springsteen, those are my dudes right there. And it's Max just, Weinberg. people are always like, Charlie Watts, guy sucks. I'm like, no, he doesn't, and not even close. I'm he, like, he's laying just, that groove. And he's cool as hell, and he's 250 years old. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> he's died twice. He's, <laughs> it's um, cool as hell, and he's still playing, you know, with that grip in his left hand. Like you don't see that anymore, and yeah. it's just it's cool as hell. Um, uh, uh, somebody, uh, nah, actually, no, it'd be 
both of them actually i think the uh, the two my two favorite drummers when i was young growing up who i <clears throat> idolized uh would be keith moon yeah and buddy rich that was my two buddy rich uh, oh my god forgive me but what what band did buddy rich play in buddy rich big band yeah man just big band ba- oh, oh we're talking he we're long time i knew the name i just wasn't sure if he was yeah. old old school okay and he was a nutcase, too. Yeah, There's all these recordings on YouTube of him like just screaming at his band members on the bus, and it's just hilarious. You have to listen to it. That guy was Jazz. something else. I love that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know if that influenced me in a uh, psycho way. I love, <laughs> I love Chad Smith, too. Yeah, Chad Smith great. is another big one for me. He's great. And it's just the guy, the stuff that guy does with the drums he has is insane to me i mean that band just has sick groove there's there's not a groove like it and obviously the drummer is the guy responsible for that of course flea and all the instruments on top of it as well create groove but the drums are of course the Uh, foundation of it all and there's an old video of him and flea too just like just rocking out it's insane and my favorite part of the whole video is like he's just Chad Smith is just pounding out these beats and he's going crazy on the kick pedal and then he looks at the camera and he's like, all right, kids, just so you know, that's only one kick pedal. Don't try that at home or you hurt yourself. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. I'm like, that's what I want to be like. It's just He just honed that in. It's just crazy. There's uh, Coheed yeah. and Cambria, oh, yeah, the drummer. Josh. Josh, yeah. yes. He, that's it. Where did he come from? Dillinger, right? Well, he actually, it's weird. He was in Coheed first. And then he left Coheed mm-hmm. and went to Dillinger and then came back to Coheed. Uh, he deliberately, and I always loved his groove. Like, if you oh, listen, yeah, he's got a great it's groove. It's weird because he's, like, <clears throat> kind of technically left-handed. Yes. But he plays his kit right-handed. I didn't know that. And he plays open, everything's uh, open-handed. Open-handed, that's yeah. cool. Yes. He, he deli- like, I remember him saying, because they, the drummer Coheed had in between his reins used the double bass pedal yeah and it was kind of that thing you're talking about where it's like i went and saw him live a couple times and he's throwing it in in places where it's not and it's flattening the groove out and um, their music you can't throw in stuff that's you it, you're not supposed to no <laughs> you're no. gonna hear it exactly and so and i remember josh in an interview saying something about that he deliberately he's like i won't yeah. set one up because i'll be tempted to use it and really i want I'm more focused on the groove than than right. that. Not that you can't get a groove out of double double bass. You can, but I think that's exactly it. Double bass obviously creates less space, mm-hmm. and groove is space. That's really what it is. So, I don't know. I always, I always found that to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, dude, for the longest time growing up, and then even, even <clears throat> when uh, hmm, we started CFY, and got into more progressive, harder music. I started off still using a single pedal. Yeah, I, I didn't. It wasn't until after that until I got into a double pedal, and uh, then kind of slowly incorporated it. Right, for sure. Yeah, and there is always a place for it. There's certain bands that that's their bread and butter. Is that? Yeah. Oh, right. Right. But so I guess 
we've kind of, I obviously prepped some things. We've kind of answered some of these questions as we went. uh, But I guess I'll still ask because you could have chosen to join another screamo band. What was it that drew you to the cover world? Was it just you saw an ad and you're like, give this a try? Or I just wanted to get out there. Okay. And I knew that was the way to do it. And then I had seen there were starting to be like jam nights around the area and I was like I need to go do that and then people will know who I am so it was I mean I'm assuming we can say because Planet of Fun was doing oh sure yeah. yeah Planet of Fun was doing their their open jam with the band at Cicerelli's yeah yeah and they were doing that in like 2016 so I just started going there and then that's how Tony and Emily found me too oh okay. Emily just came over and she was like hey are you in a band I'm like no <laughs> she's like you want to audition I'm like be sure. in a band <laughs> <laughs> and that was it but that's, I just like, I had a revelation where I'm like, I just want to play. And I was in all these different colleges for all these different majors, and I just kept failing out. And just, and I'm like, I can't, I just want to play. So then I started doing that. I was like, well, that's. <laughs> we totally feel you on that, bro. That was, I mean, I did, I think I did, what was it, four colleges and five majors. Wow. And it Holy was just, smokes. yeah. I mean, I learned a lot doing all those. It was cool. They were all artsy schools and artsy fields like photography and stuff like that which is cool but i just i didn't i couldn't do it i could not do it It, it's hard when you're think all you're thinking Thinking, about is Mm -hmm. getting on stage i I got a funny story if you don't mind yeah so along the same lines uh i i went through band and playing my whole life through school and then you know and danny did too um and then he, but he was in uh, theater and choir, and so he was he was along more of those lines, and I was in the band part. So we ended up after we graduated, we went to we both went to Oakland University, and I was in I was in the music program, and I was trying to get my major in music performance, and then he was uh, theater, right? Yep, theater and music. Okay. So I can picture you in the choir. <laughs> <laughs> total, total, total nerd. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen, I just had to get away from the fucking tuba. <laughs> total drama nerd, man. <laughs> so anyways, uh, um, we're, we're doing our thing, dude. And then we're even in a, a class, this, this giant class. Uh, what was it called? It was like a music history class. We should have aced it. We should have, but we didn't. It started first thing eight o'clock in the morning on the dot, man, and we were tired. Well, not only were we tired, but it was the day of the final. We had no work. All we had to do was take a final. Well, hold on. I, well, before that, I, I was thinking of like <laughs> we were those those guys sitting up in the corner, up all the way top. Yeah, all the way up in the top. Hell yeah, we were. And we're like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> Because first thing in the morning, we're hearing, oh, yeah. oh, oh, monks and shit singing. We're like, what the fuck? And yeah, we would just be like writing freaking things down to communicate and showing each other notes of things <laughs> that we wanted to say to each other. And then we get out of there. And I don't know that we learned much of anything. And then there was a final. Oh, God. And yeah. we... We're used to being pampered from high school, so we didn't buy our Scantrons. Uh, so we're like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> so we're like, whatever. We'll run to the library. We'll buy Scantrons. We'll come back. We'll be a couple minutes late. We'll take the test. We go. We buy the Scantrons. We come back, 
everyone's leaving the class. The Dude, test is over. Yeah, our, oh it was God. perfect timing right when we were... Bloop, what? <laughs> yeah. So we got in line with everyone walking out, and we just walked out and pretended like we took it. We were like, man, that test was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember there was like a cubbyhole stairway thing that we slipped into, and there's a little... Two little chairs facing each other, and we just kind of sat down yeah. and stared at each other for like two <laughs> the minutes. The realization, yes, of like this yes. is not for us. And at the time, it yeah. wasn't. It you know, was, oh, dude, because that time we were already had our at CFY going since '05, and uh, that was always like that was always on our mind all the time. That's all we were doing, and all that was just in school. We were just like. Just doing it to make our parents happy at the time, I think. To... I've, it had no interest None. at all. None. I think that's the weirdest thing about musicians. I shouldn't say weirdest. That's To us, it's not weird. But to the rest of the world, it's weird. Because if you're well, not a musician, you'll never understand a musician's priorities. Ever. Okay. Like we, right. we, We're willing to sacrifice things and time. And people don't get it. It's like, I have to get this in. Regardless of right. what else is happening, I have to get this in some way, somehow. I can't get too busy for this. I can't get a day job that interferes with this. Almost no matter what it pays. Some people think it's crazy. Well, you can make X amount an hour. Well, am I going to be on call on the weekends? Uh, probably. Can't Next. do that job. Right. I can't fucking do that job because... You got to let it out, man. Yeah. I. I that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. It's in you. It's got to come out. You Plus two, I was I had these music classes, like uh, I had uh, I one of them was a like a private tutoring class or something. It was just me and one of the professors, and one day we were talking, and I'm sitting there doing I don't know like timpani shit or or marimba or some shit, and he's like we were talking about my major, and he's like he's like so music performance right yeah. Cause there, you know, there was a couple different options right. and shit. And I, at the time, dude, I really wish there was studio engineering. There yeah. wasn't back then. And, uh, cause that's what I totally would have went for. But besides that, he was like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, great. <laughs> that's <laughs> not like, good. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we all come in and we all do that. You know, we get our major in performance and stuff, but honestly, man, it's really, really hard to continuously, have work and get a full-time job because you know he's talking about you know picking up church gigs yeah. and and this and that and blah 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 and he's like and we basically all come back and get our teaching degree <laughs> and i'm like right first off i can teach it but i hate it i don't like teaching <laughs> i was like i like playing yep so that right there completely threw me for like all right, so why am I here? And that's basically that around it. the same time where we're just like, all right. So we did like two years of college and 
We're like, well, I don't think this is for us. I did no. a lot. I did probably seven years. Did you get a degree? Nope. I never got one. <clears throat> college to college, major to major, never won. Never did it. I couldn't last long enough. No. I just couldn't do it. I was not, I'm not a school person. My sister is a school person. So is mine. I, I'm not mm. a school. I can't do it. My sister's already got a degree in psychology. Now she's in law school. Like, my sister can do it. I can't. I just can't. I, I understand. Not for everybody. I'm at a point now where I'm I'm debating on going back for something because I think now at 32 years old I might have the focus maybe because I'm not dreaming that I'm going to yeah. become a rock star. Right. But either way, I I don't know though. I might get back into it and be the same thing. I might be sitting there being like oh, I'm playing a gig, dude. Tomorrow. I mean, we had a teacher straight up, yeah, said that. It's not for everybody. No, and I had the coolest teachers like that. Like, I went yeah. to the Art Institute for a while, and they had music programs and stuff like that, and they were studio engineering programs, mm. too, which you would have loved. Yeah. But it was just, they would tell you, they're like, this is not going to be for everybody. And I'm like, people didn't get it. Like, my mom didn't get it. She's like, you're in a music major. What do you mean you don't like it? I'm like, it's what you were saying, Danny. You just, they don't understand it. You have no. to feel it, and it's... Right, it's, right. No, I want... It's, it's not, I, if you're I, not a musician, you can't really... It's it's an addiction. It, yeah. It's it's an addiction, much healthier addiction than a lot of others, I right. suppose. Depending on how much you let the lifestyle take over, yeah, I which I have been guilty of letting it take over too much. I'm not trying once to be while, Steven Adler. But, right. No. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess back to back to kind of band talk because you're you know just talking about different stages in life like we are and different things you've done. You're you're embarking on a new stage here. You're going to be moving soon to nashville and your your bandless at the moment because yep. of that move it's right. by choice um what is it you know be it there or here or anywhere you know what do you look for in a band if you're gonna join what is it that you would need to see what do you expect from them i guess i i feel like people don't give enough credit to like the vibe of the band because this isn't like being on the drums in the back you're almost like the center of the energy as well people don't realize that you're not just the meter and you're not the beat you're like if you notice a lot of bands like playing in voodoo like you would notice bob and jay are always standing you know if we're at freddy's they're always standing on the riser playing with me you know jamming with that's why i need to i feel like i need to see that because i'm kind of like I guess I kind of play like Dave Grohl back when he's in Nirvana. Like, hmm. you know, he's a madman sometimes. And it's and if you're the only one doing it, it's, <laughs> it's awkward yeah. and weird. And it's, I feel like that's what I need to look for. And I obviously I need to like the music too. I've auditioned for a few other bands around here and they liked me, but I'm like, I'm not going to work. Feeling... I'm not going to work my ass off on this music that I don't love. Yeah, you're I'm not... just bowing out, you know, fairly. Right. That that makes sense too, and that's a good thing because there's a lot of guys that they're just looking for a gig, and when they yeah. get it, they're not happy, that's, and you this, waste a lot of time doing that. It's just better to be honest with yourself. But you know what? Maybe they think I'm a good fit, but I don't. They're not a good fit for me. And that specific person, that band that I auditioned for, their guy had called me, and when I told him, I'm like, I I don't think it's you know for me. He he actually said he's like, well, I appreciate you staying true to yourself. You know what you want, and I'm like, you have to. 
Right. You you always have to. I think that's my and any musician almost can look back. I think it's it's something I'll look back. I look back on at times where it's like, you know, you compromise yourself a little bit when you do certain things, and the older you get, the less time you have in general, but the less time you have for stuff right. like that to do things I you don't want to do. And I think you can a little bit. Like, you know, you take a cover band gig for a weekend and it's going to be a bunch of shit you don't like, but you just do it for the weekend. It's You can't compromise everything. Right, you're not totally married to just that to situation. Get, like, if I'd known, like, oh, this band's going to be playing in California next month, I could be on the road. But I didn't like the, you know, I don't like the music, so it's right. not in. I'm not into it, so it's... You don't want to compromise too much. No, I agree 100%. Now, are you looking, moving to Nashville, are you looking for, you're probably looking for a lot of different things. You know, obviously, especially getting there, you're taking a big risk. And, I mean, that's the way it's got to be. I think anybody who makes it anywhere far in life takes risks. So you're taking a big risk, so I'm sure you're going to kind of, have to land where you land at times in right. order to reach your ultimate goal. But I guess, what is it that you're looking for specifically? Are you looking to just be able to play full time and have yeah. that be your job? That's, so that's it. However, that's you can I do don't, it. I don't know like what it could be. It could just be like Nashville's a town where there's a lot of house bands. Where like the BB King Club, they have the BB King All Stars and they play every night and the musicians like circulate. But a lot of times, you know, it could be the same guys. And I'm just looking, just something comfortable. I'm not going down there like, I'm going to play the Bridgestone Arena, you know, right. next year, you know, with Eric Church. Like, I can't, I, I don't know. That's not going to, you know, not a realistic, it could happen. Right. I don't know. But I'm just right. looking for something comfortable. I don't know what it would be, studio, live. Like, I, I don't know. I think you have to carve out your own niche, too. Sure. Like you have to know, like, I know I can tell you I'm definitely a live drummer. So I would be, I'd be better on stage, not saying I couldn't do a studio. And if I'm offered it, I will, obviously. I think you have to know where you're coming from too. So you know what kind of product you're selling. Like I can tell you, I'm definitely a live drummer. And I can tell you, I specialize in rock or pop. Sure. You know, some country, but it's, I'm just looking something comfortable. I don't know what it's going to be. It could be a house band gig, same bar five nights a week, but if it's paying the bills, it's paying the bills, and that's yeah, that's all that matters. Just something. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I can't really speak what specifically. Well, and I guess that's a good attitude to have. I just wasn't sure if you had your eye on a certain no, prize or anything yet, like that. And the, I mean, the thing is, is down there you're running, you're going to be running in some good circles, right? You know, so even though. Even if you're just playing in a house band thing, and I don't mean to say just in a way like it's anything bad, because down there, the, it's just top-notch quality. Yeah. To play in a house band in an area like that is That's, pretty honorable, yeah. you know? So, But you're running in the same circles as some of these big guys that right, used like to I run met, in those circles. I think I did. I tell you, I don't know if I told you outside of here about Tim McGraw's drummer. Yes. I met him one time in Nashville. We were down there, I think, two years ago for Halloween, and the place was just crazy like more crazy than normal because it was halloween and we walked into this bar i was like there's a blues band i need to go i'm a big blues guy so i dragged my roommates i'm like we're gonna go in i want to see this band for a little bit like okay whatever and we i mean we were hammered hammered <laughs> obviously and they like took a set break and i didn't even 
I like ran up on stage. I never do that. I like ran up on stage as soon as they were done. I'm like, you guys are awesome. Oh, fuck yeah. And I get to the drummer. I shake his hand and I'm like, yeah, you're fucking awesome, man. You know, I play back home in Michigan. And he was like, oh, you want to play? He's like, I'll call you up next set. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So I'm like, Ryan Lee, we got to stay, man. We got to stay. He's going to let me play. I want to do this. And so we're hanging out, waiting. And my buddy Ryan goes, dude, did you guys, did you see that guy's road case? And I was like, no, I didn't even notice why. He's like, it says Tim McGraw on it. And I was like, no, there's no way. And I'm like, you know, you're in Nashville. These bars got little memorabilia on the windows, like just to kind of, and so we Googled him and I actually knew who he was. I just didn't recognize him maybe because I was hammered, but is Billy Mason. The guy's been playing for Tim McGraw or was for like 25 years. So this guy who's been playing for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people for 30 years he's just in that bar and he called me up and like let me go like that's what does not happen around here that's the difference right there that's yeah that's the insane the reason why people move you know some people think it's good to move some people are against it they're like no you know just it'll find you if it finds you i can see both those points of view right. but i it ultimately i do think you got to go where those people are mm-hmm. because that's how you're going to get their eyes on you and in in ears and everything else you're much more likely to have somebody walk into a place like that down there in nashville that right. has like importance kid, kid rock walks around down there by himself and does karaoke like no posse no security like he just walks around yeah like, it's yeah. like Exactly. You really don't you get don't that. You don't see Kid Rock walking down Grossbeck. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, huh. t- maybe 30 years ago. Yeah, maybe, you yeah. I've seen <laughs> pictures of him on the Rusty Nail yeah. stage. Oh, yeah. And, yep. that's, and, that's, and that's a shame, dude. I, I wish. I really wish. You know, you, you, you people oh, Detroit, Rock City, man. And I know yeah, it's, it's sad. nothing like how them, these other major cities are. And that's why I tell people too. They're like, "Oh, you got you're leaving, huh?" And you're like, oh, "It's Detroit, though." I'm like, "Yeah, well, sadly, I hate to say it, but it's not Motown anymore." Yeah, dude, it's not. Yeah. So yeah, you have to, like Danny was saying, you have to go where the people. And, and 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 what we were talking about on the first episode with our original band is we we were playing with these other bands consist consistently that uh a few made it because they were constantly going to right. LA and meeting the right people, right. cutting records, yada yada, and we just we couldn't do that. No, we didn't have the means. Uh and just again, I mean a lot of those guys still have don't have families or anything like that. That's something we kind of started to have and at that point, which is why I mean you don't have children or anything like that. So I think a lot of us that that do, you know, obviously I would never trade my child for the world, but it's like, I, I, that's something where it's like, man, like I'm rooting for you even stronger because it's like, I didn't get the opportunity right. to really do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it'll work out. I'm confident. I mean, I wish we could have, that's what we, our heart was always set on. Yeah. You know, but you know what, dude, life didn't deal us those cards. No. Nope. I mean, who knows? You never know what might happen, but. You know, you never know. And I, I feel like I'm me. I'm content. Like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was gonna say that. I mean, I guess we're content. But oh, don't the, you know that's something people will sometimes try to twist your words and say. Well, you say you wish you could have done this and you didn't. You don't love your kids. You don't love your family. It's like, <laughs> 
fuck you. Number one, fuck you. Number two, no, you can still have things that you missed out on that you wish you could have done. It doesn't mean you would trade what you have for the world. I like being a bar star, quote unquote, self-promotion right there on my own podcast or whatever. But I, I like that. I like that. You know, I kind of get a taste of that, but at the same time, I don't have people slide napkins under the to- you know, the freaking stall when I'm taking a shit for me to sign like <laughs> Eminem talks about. I don't know that I could live that life and and be on the road for long extended periods of time. Who who knows, maybe I would love it. Uh but I think for the most part I'm okay with being able to walk into a bar any given night and there's, you know, a handful of people who know me and I'm like, yeah, right. hell yeah. It's a great feeling. It but, is. But it goes I away the it. second you walk out of those doors. Right. It, it was about three or four months ago. I was with my daughter and we drove by a bar that I was playing at that weekend. So the name was on the marquee. So I pointed. I was like, that's daddy's band. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, okay. And then we're driving a little while cool. longer. <laughs> well, we're driving a little while longer, probably another five minutes or so, and I pull into a Target parking lot because we were going to Target. And she's My like, favorite place. It's everybody's favorite yes. place. <laughs> and she's like, Dad, are you famous? <laughs> and I was like, No, not really. <laughs> and she's like, But you're kind of famous, right? And I was like, I'm famous to the degree of if I walk in these five bars, people inside probably know who I am. The second I step out those doors, I'm nobody. And I'm the bug guy by day, you know. So whatever. We go into Target. We're walking out. And as we're walking out, a girl who used to work at that bar is walking in. And she, the first thing she says, she's like, oh, my God, is that Danny Corey from Room 13? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she's just like, good. And we're walking fast. We're both on missions. So it was that simple. She goes her way. I go mine. We get in the car. My daughter gets in the car and she goes, I told (laughs) you. Nice. I'm happy with that level, though. Perfect timing. I I told, I saw that girl a couple weeks later and I was like, that couldn't have been more perfect because I probably get recognized outside of a bar in public maybe five times a year. You know, out of 365 days, it's a very low percentage. But it's perfect for your daughter too. I know that was perfect. She, she and she's convinced now. She's like, "No, you kind of are famous." So I dug up. I was in a commercial many moons ago for when Gibraltar Trade Center was doing bike night. Uh, they filmed. What did you ever get to play a bike night? No. Nope. Oh never. man, I saw you guys, but I never played. Yeah, we we used we did a few closing nights there when they would auction off the bike. There'd be like. 1400 people yeah. there really cool till the bike got auctioned off and then everyone yeah. fucking <laughs> left but it felt cool at the time you got to do it in the dl too yeah we did it there once there and i mean even even on a regular night you were looking at five to eight hundred people most times uh but there so they filmed a commercial when i first joined room 13 they filmed a commercial there and we're sitting there and they they probably filmed for 20 minutes or so. In the commercial, there's like a millisecond right. of us. Enough to see me bang my head once. <laughs> and I pulled that up later that night. And I was like, look, I was in a commercial. <laughs> she doesn't even, she's like, where? 
where where finally I managed to pause Pause it at the right time after like six tries. And I'm like, right there. And she's like, see, you are famous. Now I'm just going with it. She's whatever. You think I'm a rock star, kid. Right. Roll with it as long as you can. (laughs) Right. But uh, I guess it looks like we're getting relatively close to the end here. But, oh, Ricky gave me the go-ahead. My producer gave me the go-ahead. So, oh, the screen. The screensaver. I don't know if the screensaver affects it or not, but we had some technical difficulties earlier. No, we've still got a little bit of time. Uh, but what what I wanted to kind of skip ahead to is we did this on the last show, and that seemed to be everybody's favorite part is a segment. We're going to have to make like some music for this segment of the show, but stories of our failures. <laughs> Get some dreamy music going there. Okay, that's a good one. Hang on. Before before we do this, I should I should probably get a beer. Hang on, because these stories could be long and good. Shane, do you have any stories of your failures? Not yet. No? It doesn't even need to be failures. It could just be embarrassing moments on stage. I mean, I got a couple of those. Yeah. That's basically what it is. I think that's where it comes back to I haven't been doing it for that long. Right. So you haven't fallen down or... I'm waiting. I mean, I've fallen my ass quite a few times in Nashville. I'm already ready for that. (laughs) Here's a question, actually, that I skipped uh, that reminds me of people falling down. But what is your feeling on sit-ins? As a drummer, (laughs) I find that sit-ins... It's the hardest guy to get up, really, to change. Yeah. You know, as a singer, I remember going to see, it was Under the Covers, who Under the Covers is an awesome band, and their singer back in the day, uh, Larry, he would be singing, and he would literally just hand the mic off and walk away. Yeah. Like, someone would be on the dance floor singing the words to him, and he must have known them, so he knew they could sing, but it'd be someone I never knew. Like, yeah. it could be some middle-aged woman. It could be some dude in a tie like, and a dress in. shirt, and he would just be singing, and he'd pass the mic off. He'd just leave the stage. It was I'm hilarious. Sure we played with Undercovers together once. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. Where in? Me and you, I think at Winners. I oh, think, you're right. I think we did Talk Dirty to Me. You're right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. They got you up and me up at the same time. Yeah. Those guys are great, and they're you know they've changed lineups a few times, just like we all have <laughs> cover bands over time. You do it; they're still great. I'd still recommend them to anybody. But uh, sit-ins, and I'm gonna grab a beer. Don't be alarmed. I'm still listening. But uh, how, what's your thought on sit-ins? How do you feel about them? Some guys are okay. Some guys don't. Some guys have opinions. I personally, I really don't care. I don't. I'm not one of those guys that's like. Don't even fucking look at my, my drums. drums. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not like ever, ever, ever touch my drum set. You understand? Don't go in there. And... Don't touch it. All right. There. I was at about six there. You don't want to see me go to ten. I meet so many people like that. I'm like, yeah, why? Real, though? real anal. And I'm like, why though? Because most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, if somebody wants to play, it's not their fucking first time playing the drums. Right. It's not like you're gonna have to worry about somebody just going to town and breaking all your symbols. And it's just, or, I think people whatever, are just yeah. so uppity about it. Like mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, quite frankly, and I pee a lot too, so I will call a lot of people up. 
like if Sean's in the crowd or, or you know, Bob Harvey, some, I'm like, I got to pee. This is perfect timing. And like, it doesn't, and you know, it's like a lot of people have been around doing it for a long time, but no matter how long you do it, it's still cool when somebody's like, Hey, you know, come up here and play with us. So I, 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 I call people up all the time. I, it doesn't bother me. I think it shows unity in, in yeah, the scene and you're like, promoting each other a little bit. Also, yes, the P song thing is very oh, real. It's great. And I'm always like, do Seven Nation Army. You can do it for 25 minutes and I have plenty of time to go pee. Yes. Um, for me, which is really what I, every time I've ever had a, yeah, man, come sit in, blah, 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 blah. With, with me also being a singer, um, dude, like I, 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 I do it and I do it a lot with singing and playing drums at the same time. But I never, cause I'm not a front guy, so I don't ever really get that all that often. Right. So when someone wants to sit in, I've done it plenty of times. We're like, dude, come sit in, so I can actually come to the front, and right. people can actually <laughs> see my fucking face. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think like I never ask ever. I think yeah. there's a. Oh, I yeah. think I think that's what draws the line. I think you don't don't walk in and be like, Every, hey, maybe I can play next set. Like, no, because mm. now you're definitely not going to. Yeah. Because maybe I saw you and I was like, oh, I'll call you up next set. But I just think, I think that's kind of rude. Hey, like, can I play, man? I have hey, no I problem. Yeah, I have no problem. If you hey, want. man, hey, dude, can I play? Yeah, can right. I play? <laughs> there, there's kind of a code. And I guess that's it. It's like, it's an invite only yeah. scenario where because like, like, you, you never know what's going on right you know like with the night and the band right. and who knows you know we might be in funny tunings we might be this or that you know for like if, if if a former member of room 13 comes in and there's there's i know i've said my own band name a lot on this podcast yeah, i'm really man, not trying fuck? to i'm really not trying to self-promote i should have said my band i apologize fuck your band man. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i earned that i apologize if if a former member comes in i always want to try my best to get them up because it's respect they were there before me or during me i know that they're gonna do a good job and things like that so it's fine i want to get them up sometimes though exactly that sometimes the night you're you're in a groove you, you just don't have the time to stop yeah. i always view it like a balloon blowing up and inflating mm -hmm. and you want to you don't want that balloon to pop, but you want it to be inflated to max capacity, and you want to sustain that as long right. as you can. And when you're having that moment, you know, and I guess that's to people who maybe if you don't get invited up, sometimes that's really what it is. It's like there's a groove. We can't kill the momentum right. at this moment, and sometimes that moment just doesn't come. A lot of times I'll still wait. If It's like, okay, by the end of the night, usually things are starting to calm back down, so that's a good time to get people up. But it does get irritating, especially when you got the guy who maybe doesn't have a band. Yeah. Who you don't know from Adam, right. who's just coming up like, hey, man. Yeah, I'm really good, dude. Get, yeah. Let me let me do a couple. What's yeah. what's on the list? What's that, on the list? And it's like guy, he's the guy with like the backhanded compliments too. It's like, oh, your snare sounds great. Maybe I can play it. Right? Like, okay, <laughs> no, I don't know. I think, and I'm very mindful too. If somebody calls me up, they're like, well, what do you want to do? Here's the list, and I'm like, what? I always say, what don't you want me to do? Because there's those songs, you know, save a horse, ride a cowboy, 
crazy bitch uptown funk like those ones will flood the dance floor and the energy shoots up i don't want to take that away from that drummer and you know some people are like i don't care i don't give a shit you know play whatever you want but i think that's part of it too i think it's you have to treat it like you're someone's letting you do their job sure for a little bit i i guess for me it's like if i'm on the stage and we've got a guy filling in on a different instrument i don't I mean, obviously, you're trying to not take away from the person, the the guy that you're filling in for for the song or sitting in for. Uh, it's not so much a big deal of if the song's gonna work or not. It's more of a big deal of once that song works, now we gotta change. Right. So now we gotta stop. Right. Whereas when you get people out to dance, you want to keep that momentum. Right. So. Yeah, that that's an interesting thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not. A, I've even met guys that are like. You know, we do benefits and someone doesn't show up with their stool and they forget. And they're like, fuck that guy. You can't use my stool. I'm like, what is what? the point in that? Like, I've, I've met people like that. And I'm like, we did one benefit and the kid needed like everything. Like there was miscommunication. Uh, yeah. And, it, you well, know, people that run benefits don't always tell you what you need to bring. Right. right? And he didn't have he needed symbols, a throne, a kick pad. I mean, he needed everything. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, Go ahead. Whatever. I'm like, some people are like. People came up to me during that. They're like, you're letting him use your symbols? I'm like, yeah, the kid needs them. Like, I'm not going to be the asshole guy that now his band can't play because he yeah. forgot his symbols. Like, it's They're crazy. meant to get fucking hit. That's yeah, right. what they're designed for. Like, right. Unless, Dude, unless no, you're going to light them on fire or something and melt them. I mean, it's if they're going to break, they're probably going to break. Right, and if I'm in the bar, I'm not bringing, you know, a pasty, ultra-thin jazz ride with me right. like so if someone's gonna sit in they're not gonna break it because i don't have my jazz ride with me like people just need to i don't know i think it's, people need to relax and surprisingly dude back in the original days dude we're you know constantly playing shows and that actually happened to me a couple times where something has broke and other dudes were like oh dude here you go you know or vice versa you have to yeah like you, you know here's to. a stand here's a this here's a that and uh it was always cool back in the day. Shit People. happens, and it's like it's just, that's the thing too. It's like someone will make it seem like, oh, well, you're not prepared or this. Or that's like you don't know that guy. Like you're he, always he prepared might have been having shit, the shittiest shit. day. Like his kid might be sick, his dog just died. Like you don't know what he might be having the shittiest day. All he had like, left to redeem that, that day was that gig, <laughs> right. and you won't lend him a freaking drum stool. I know. It's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fucked up. I'm not. I'm cool with sit-ins. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm cool with them overall. There's just, I guess that's what I, because I think everyone's cool with them. It's just there's certain types and times where it's like, look, man, if you're, if you're trying to use this as a as exposure, go find an open jam, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, don't sit here and pester the band. There was a particular bar that I think we all know of where you were gonna get pestered. Every time you yep. were there by certain yep. clientele, <laughs> and it's like, man, you know, and oftentimes he'd be like, I'm just trying to get exposure. It's like, well, go to an open jam. Honestly, if you want to join a band, that exactly what you yeah. did at an open jam, that's the place because there's musicians looking for musicians yeah. at an open jam. You will find them fast, much faster than sitting in, even if the band that you're sitting in with is very well established majority of the musicians in the room are on the stage. So right. the people outside, right. they're not going to go tomorrow and be like, oh, man, that guy that filled in on the drums, we're going to find him a band. You're just much better to right. 
And we've had situations where guys get up and they fall off the drum stage or something. And <laughs> I, you've had it too. I've had it happen. <laughs> Probably same guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, we've got like backwards. That was Sean. Sean was backwards, and it, it was Sean didn't fall, but someone fell, and sh- you've been you've been on Sean's throne, so you know, like behind him, if you look down in that pit, there's yeah. wires running. Pretty yep. much the lifeblood of everything yep. oh, is yeah. back there. Scared. I get scared climbing behind his uh, drums, especially when he's got the extra riser. He's up high. Oh, <laughs> and then mine. I we were at a place, and the stage was shapely weird, so I had to set my stage up weird <laughs> and uh i had to use a uh bar a bar chair to around the side to jump on and get on my oh stage my God. yeah so <laughs> coming down him coming down did not go well it sounds dangerous jeez what's going on here <laughs> Yeah, it is dangerous. <laughs> it's, Dr- drum stages, dude. Yeah, they're dangerous. They'll kill, they'll kill you. And, and it's again, it's it's the hardest thing. Like if it's a guitar, I can throw a guitar over a guy's shoulder, and he here's what this pedal does. Do 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 do. Go ahead. But when it's when it's drums, you got to get the guy up and back there again. Not yeah. not against it. It's just you've there's the timing's got to be right for that to work. You can't, and I think you can't. Spend five minutes moving everything. <laughs> oh, you're gonna play man. with what's up? There? I mean, I have to sometimes because I have short arms. Oh man! So I like, feel, depending depending on who calls me up, there I can't reach the symbols. I just can't physically can't. So I have to pull them a little closer. But most of the time, don't touch the shit. Just play. Yeah, and go. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I guess in conclusion, and I, I figured that it's not. I don't know anybody that's against sit-ins so i i think we're all on the same page there there's just there's a time and a place and a i feel like again it's almost a, yeah you, there's a band there doing a job like you know it's kind of an invite scenario yeah. don't come up and ask and beg especially if you don't know the band you know um i'm i'm always good with getting people up and wanting to get them up especially if it's another band to promote their band right. hey you know they're gonna be here in two, at the same bar because we all frequent the same places. Mm. They're gonna be here in two weeks, so check them out. Got no problem with it, but just kind of a a code of honor, I guess. There. Uh, so I know we. I don't know if we got off topic, but I know we were we got off to- topic a few times. Okay, I'm okay yeah. with it. Okay. I love getting off topic. Uh, we were talking. We we're gonna talk about failures. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring us back. Do you have one? I do. I got a couple. Yeah. Drum failures. Yeah. They don't have a, to be drum failures. No, there's it's a drum I got okay. a couple of drum failures, okay. but I got a good one that I you guys never well, at least Schofield never lets it down. Oh okay. he always reminds me of it. I guess I guess that's fair because we don't ever let him live anything down <laughs> the poor guy in his introverted junk. So uh it's kind of I don't I don't know why everything goes back to the original scene back of our original band maybe just because I was more hyper back then and younger I don't know <laughs> but yeah we were young and stupid yeah. <laughs> so um but uh there was a time we were playing St. Andrews Hall in Detroit <clears throat> and 
I don't know if it was the first. Or July. So. It was the first one. It I, was the first one. I think if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, it was July. No, I think it was the second time. March. I think it was the second time that it happened. Really? Because July, it was hotter yeah. than hell in there. Was it? That was yeah. the first time. Yes, it was July. I remember we had that gig. It, we we played oh, at three. We played two. We played two. And shows then we played in one at day. a skating rink the that same night. And the guy who ran the skating rink was so pissed. Oh, <laughs> uh, he Why? motherfucked me a couple times. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! You're cool. And fuck you! I'm out. I don't know. I think he had high blood pressure. Number one. <laughs> I really, <laughs> this is 10 years ago. I hope he got it under control by now. But he also, um, he had just started booking bands and he was, I guess I do get it to a degree. It, it's kind of a weird situation in an original band though, because like you're booking me and not paying me. Right. But you want me to bring a shit ton of people. So in the meantime, I'm trying to get exposure because I'm not yeah. fucking getting paid. Yep. So at the very least I can get exposure. And back then the mentality was, play everywhere and anywhere that'll fucking have us and so we we booked the skating rink first and then st andrews called like a week later or whoever was booking that show at st andrews it was like a big band showcase thing and i was like we gotta play that show it's st (laughs) andrews every band i love i see at st andrews yeah why would i not play there because even really i mean and this is gonna sound cheap and maybe i'm opening up the curtain to the freaking what the Wizard of Oz actually looks like. But at the end of the day, we were the first band that time we played there. We played there a few more times and had some great crowds. But that first time, we were the first. Right as the doors were opening, we were playing. So there's probably like 30 people in there. But at the end of the day... That's why I'm saying... Like, Crestfallen Youth played St. Right. Andrew's Hall. So that that that's, that sounds you, good. Either way, whatever time it was, it happened. <laughs> and... uh maybe because it was so hot damn hot in there and there was no air conditioning i i don't know i really have no idea how this happened it, and because during the time you know we weren't drinking alcohol or anything like that we were straight edge too, straight straight edge we were too young even um to buy alcohol so we're playing and uh we're rocking and rolling out of control in and i think it was uh one of we had a fast tune or something and double bass in it and just it was duck. it was the same song i think as i think it was that i think it was that same spot yes yeah just and as we kicked into it man i felt like i was hyperventilating and we're just going, and then out of nowhere, dude, I just puke. And luckily, I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. This is in front of people, and how do I – I can't stop. So how do I – I mean – So I just open my legs, and I just puke right through my legs. Perfect. Just – I remember that you had a puke spot on your carpet. It was like a and just and I didn't miss a fucking beat. I just kept on rolling. No, Schofield was the one that told me about it afterward. Yeah. He's like, he puked. I was watching him because I think there's video of that show. Yeah, 
I don't know if it gets the puke or not, though. I don't know, but that was really fucking strange, and uh, I don't know how that happened. It was really weird. That's pretty rock and roll, though. Right? <laughs> so... <laughs> It's yeah, cool. now you just need to take a horse tranquilizer and play. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. well, but it's not like, you know, us playing in the bar and being hammered and, you know what I mean? Right. It was... Falling off the stage onto yeah. a monitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was an at a show. <laughs> so that, that, that was one. And uh, you were talking earlier about your finger before we, we started recording, and I think it is in the same spot. So huh? the, like the not not the same place, but where you where you you broke your finger. Oh, maybe yeah, you're right, dude. It's the same spot that's of the a, same song. Dude, that, song that song plagued you. That's why we cut it. Yeah, that's why we <laughs> cut it. Yeah, there was another time uh, we were playing out in Port. It was Port Huron, right? It was in Port Huron, Norgrado. Norgrado, Port Huron. Yes. Yeah. And uh, wow, that's funny that it is that same song. Yep. Wow, as a cursed song. Right yeah. There. Uh, we're playing this tune. Uh, maybe just it just showed you that we got into it too hard. I don't know. Um, it was the last tune. It was the last tune. So maybe you're like you're burnt out, right? And it's just because it's such a heavy song, you're just whipped. But this time again, going uh, about to hit into that part, and uh, we're playing it. And I don't know if you've ever done this, dude. Have you ever just freaking cracked your knuckle, dude, off your snare rim? Right on the rim. <laughs> yep. Oh. It's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. <laughs> this, dude, I, I've done it plenty of times, but for whatever this reason, dude, I was just hitting so hard. Like, I'm a hard player. And um, when when I'm into it. I right. hit hard, and he's an emotional player. Uh, yes. I would say that when he's <laughs> when he gets going, you you can feel it, and it spreads. It's kind of like what you were saying yeah. earlier. Not to cut you off or go on a tangent here, but like kind of how you were talking about the energy. Like you can feel him get energetic through mm-hmm. his playing, and it spreads. <laughs> so so we're playing it, bam 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 bam, and I this is the hardest time I've ever whacked my knuckle off of it, dude, and it just explodes everywhere. Blood. Oh, oh yeah, all over my snare, all over my sticks, all over my hand, and I'm like, oh my god! And we're just we're going, digga, digga, digga. and I'm like, I can't do it no more, man. I can't. It hurts so bad. I'm like, I broke my finger, and I had man. to stop. I had, dude. It was so. There was all these kids that is there. A terrible feeling. Yeah, I had, I'm feeling it now that he's talking about it. <laughs> I had it to hurts stop. So bad. I had, and they're just like, dude, what the hell just happened? Because I just stopped. I was like, I can't do it anymore. Because it hurt so bad. I don't even recall having to stop, and I think it's just because maybe I suppressed that memory because any musician, like the first thing you're taught, and this is not a knock on what you did because you can't play, you can't play, (laughs) but it's like, don't stop no matter what happens. Don't stop. And apparently we stopped. (laughs) Hell yeah. And so there was a couple people who came up and gave me a towel and all that kind of shit. I I felt so bad. I felt like a... You know, an, an idiot. Yeah, I'm. I play with my snare like jazz style, like forward a little bit. Uh huh. So I definitely hit my hand. Kind yeah. Of a lot. Like my, cause that back rim is up. I I like playing mine flat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that man, dude, that hurts so bad. I and and again, it, I I guess, and it, it's like you were saying, maybe a lot of these failures 
which I want to try to have failures every show because I think they're fun to talk about. Yeah, that finger is not fucking healed. He is flipping me off with his ring finger. It's crooked. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's crooked. It's fat, too. It's got a beer belly. <laughs> that finger's got a beer belly. It's got emotional baggage. <laughs> yes, it does. Maybe it needs to go to the same uh, therapist yeah. that Schofield's junk went to. <laughs> I got crooked fingers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh... And maybe it does go back to that because we were young and inexperienced. I guess maybe the mistakes are, aren't quite as uh, frequent as we age. But same thing. This happened at this place called the Internet Cafe in Canton. <laughs> they booked us. Original bands. Now, in original bands, 99 times out of 100, when you go, there's a PA there. Yep. Or somebody's providing stuff. We get there. Usually, this, it usually sucks ass. Usually sucks ass. We get there. This owner has no PA, nothing. He's just like, what? It's in Canton. This place does not exist now, so I'm not shit talking. It, it closed. We go there. He's like, yeah, I've got no PA. Okay. Uh, there's like four bands coming. <laughs> all the bands get there. No PA. Oh so we God. drove all the way back to get a PA. RPA. It's a shitty drive, too. It is. It's the 45 minutes. And then we went back, got the PA, set it up real fast, played the show. And uh, because we got the PA, we made sure we had the prime spot. Now, most times in an original band show, in, in theory, you think going last means you're the headliner. No. <laughs> Being the headliner means you go right in the middle. Yep. You're like third or fourth out of five or and six you know bands. You know what's funny, too, is... You're right on that, dude. Any whatever show, whoever owned that PA, whatever band, they always played that main spot. Exactly. So we played it. We're rocking out. There's this part in this song that I would play a guitar solo behind my head. Oh, I would okay. put it up behind my head, and there was a buddy of ours from high school that used to do it. He's a great guitar player, and he would do that. And he he did it differently than I. He would just put it on top of his head. He'd face the crowd so you'd see his face. You couldn't really see his fingers. It didn't matter, though. I mean, it looked cool. He sounded cool. Um, and they kind of stopped playing, so I decided I Took would it. rip that trick off. <laughs> and I would turn around and play it to where you could see my fingers. Yeah. So it's one of the first times I ever really did that. We're playing... My buddy Tomaz is playing bass. Tomaz, one of the greatest, nicest guys you'll ever meet on the planet. Very intelligent guy. Uh, one of my best friends in the whole world. He is, I, I guess I would say, he's kind of got a hippie vibe to him. <laughs> he, he's gone. He, he's an, an environmental scientist now. So I mean, he's, he's got the. <laughs> he, last time, cool. <laughs> last time I saw him. Oh yeah, he's. He, he, he's a smart guy too. We'll talk about things he's working on, man. He's really, he's making, he's trying to make changes that the whole world is going to benefit from, which is amazing. Uh, he's really doing some amazing things, but he's got that hippie vibe. Last time I saw him, he kind of looked like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> he, same outfit, hair grown out just enough. He had the glasses on, which he just started wearing glasses recently. I remember going up to him. I'm like, dude, I want you to say. That is one big pile of shit. That's one big pile of shit. <laughs> if you could. And he just laughed. I don't think he ever said it because he knew I was being a dick. But anyway, love the guy. But he he spaces the fuck out. 
He gets in his own zone, and he he just gets yeah. lost in the music, man. He oh, does yeah. not know where he is yep. at that point. So I'm getting ready. I'm a little nervous. Getting ready. The solo's coming. I'm going to fucking melt faces behind my head. Turn around. Guitar over my head. Hit the first note. <laughs> gone. Gone. Guitar's gone. Bass is gone. It's just keys and drums now. I'm going to give you this kick-ass guitar solo. Drums are gone. Bass, or not drums, sorry. Guitar's gone. Bass is gone. I continue trying to play the solo. I'm trying to walk backwards to my pedals to, like, see if something got muted. I'm looking. No, I look back. He's sitting there tapping his foot on the power outlet. (laughs) Oh, my God. On the off switch. (laughs) He walked over to it. Banging his head, playing bass, rocking out, right foot, doing the freaking power stomp. Oh, my God. He's stomping on the off button. He turned it off. We were off. That was the end of that. So here I am. I already kind of know, being quite frank, that I'm ripping a trick off from somebody else who was doing it that I know. And not to say, I mean, he wasn't the first to do it either. People do it. Yeah. But it's one of those tricks now to this day that, like, if you do it, people just look at you like, really, bro? <laughs> so one of those things where it's slightly embarrassing. I do that. Oh, my God. First time trying it. First time or two. <laughs> Couldn't have gone any worse. Wow. So... He but, probably was sitting there still rocking out too, not even know. He, he didn't didn't even notice. Yeah, he, he didn't. Like he, he was in the zone. <clears throat> bass, <laughs> bass and guitar was still playing in his head. Yeah. I'm positive, but it was he's not, not even on, and he's still rocking. No, not at all. So that was that was the 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 best thing I could think up for this show was that I'm sure I'll have more. I'm hoping I don't create new ones, but <laughs> I could. I'm playing tonight. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, uh, the, I guess the thing I, I kind of, I don't know if I said we were going to close with failures, but there's there was one thing I wanted to touch on. I was going to touch on it at the beginning, but we just, the conversation got so good and started rolling <clears throat> that we got kind of off the script, which is fine by me. But something I saw that, I saw two different posts on Facebook, just of negativity, and I just kind of want to close with this. You know, one was a, about a guy, and names were not named in these posts. So, but um, one was about a guy who was just kind of bashing on other bands. You know, he just, okay, this band sucks because of this and that and this, and picking bands apart. And there was another post that I saw of a guy saying something like, I love looking at uh or or i hate i don't know if he said i love sarcastically or if he said i hate but it was like seeing my friends in that are in cover bands playing on these quote unquote stages under these lights Mm. and they think they look cool and it's like bro you didn't make it Hmm. and i guess number one i want to say we know we didn't make it (laughs) a lot of us don't care as we said earlier that we didn't make it um it's really not that we're we're for some of us i think the dream was to play music that people like and want to hear even if it's not your own but the fact that you can play in a bar where people specifically come out to see you 
like for me, that's fulfillment at this point in my life. I don't need DTE Energy Music Theater sold out. When I was ten, yeah, that's what <laughs> I wanted. Now that as I'm an older man, if dude, p- I, I mean, sorry, dude. No, go ahead. Um, you you look back and you okay, yeah, DTE would have been awesome. State Theater would have been awesome. But guess what? I got the headline and sell out Emerald Theater. I got to sell out uh, certain halls in Detroit. I got to sell out this, 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 and this. That's still a great fucking feeling. It is. I think, and I think even if you didn't do those things, but you played at, you play at a you bar. St- you st- yeah. You play at a bar where there's, you know, it's at capacity or it's close. All the seats are filled and the dance floor is packed. You're playing music to strangers who, you know, you're... Who are seeking you out because they yeah. like what you do and appreciate what you do. And that, to me, validates all the hours I spent trying to get it down and be adequate at it you know yeah so i don't think and i'm not trying to call anybody out or be a dick it's just i want to say like if you think a lot of us are delusional and maybe some are delusional Uh, maybe there are guys that are too big for their britches but the reality of it is i talk to a lot of guys in the scene 99 percent of them we know what we are we know what we do we do it because we love it yeah love the passion man love of the passion I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no delusions there. I think that as long as you're getting something out of it, it it's fulfilling. To me, it's fulfilling. I, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Shane wants to pursue it further, and he's yeah, which go- is he's, which is fucking great, dude. And he's going to, but I mean, even that, like you were saying, like you're. You're not necessarily banking on, yeah, I'm going to be backing up Tim McGraw or right. Luke Bryan. You just you just want to take it to the next level. I, I don't think making it, I don't think anyone else can judge whether or not you made it but yourself. You know, did you make it to a point where you're happy with? If you did, good. Um, Shane, like you were saying, like, dude, I don't know where I'm going to end up down there. So let's say you, you are able to score a gig... Uh, a, a um a bar gig that uh you're playing five nights a week and let's say that's kind of where you go for a, a, a long time or a while would would still be satisfied yeah. to you i just want to play right i yeah. mean like it right. doesn't that's really... all that ma- that's all that matters yeah that's all that me, matters took me a long time to realize that that's the only thing i'm you know that i want to do or that i'm actually good at so it's like I don't know where it's gonna go. That's, that's thing. That's all of us, man. That's uh, what I was. What we were talking about earlier when we were in school, dude. I just want to play. Exactly. That's what I enjoy. Exactly. So I don't. I don't care that I'm. I'm not famous and blah 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 and. No, and again, as you get older, it's like nor do maybe I want it. Right. I'm happy with what I got. What I dreamt as a kid and what what I'm happy with now are two different things you know i wanted there was a time when i wanted to be a professional wrestler or i wanted to be you know there were a lot of things i wanted to be that i never put in motion to even become i put this in motion to i remember watching videos of your dad playing and you know they're playing on a stage and the dance floor is packed and we're just watching the video and it's a show yeah and 
they weren't playing at Little Caesars Arena. Well, back then it would have been like Joe Louis Arena. <laughs> but either way, they're not playing a big. They're playing DB Coopers, or and or it's wherever, packed, yeah. and right. it's. It looked like a. T- and I remember What's, thinking, like, I would be happy with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's nothing wrong with putting good production and putting a show on. To, to locals. Right. And I guess that's the thing. And I'm sure that the guy... And if people are looking at that like, oh, well, you're trying to look famous or like you made it or something. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, of course you want to look like that. You, oh, yeah. You like, want to well, look mean, professional. Yeah. It, right. It's exactly what I was going to say. I'm trying to look professional. Yeah. That, that's it. That's why I'll post those pictures is to want to... And the guy who posted this was a friend of a friend. We don't even know each other. I missed the post. I'm going to have to yeah, I'll, look at yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's up there. But either way, there's that. And then just the guy, you know, don't be the guy. I, I'll, I'll tell you how to help yourself and help your attitude because I'm not saying to anyone specifically. I'm saying this in general to people. Because I used to be this way when I was young, even before I was in bar bands and probably in my early 20s, I'd come in and I'd see bands and I would just try to figure out why they sucked. Right. It's an arrogant, egotistical insecurity thing is what it is at the end of the day. I would try to be like, well, yeah, these guys, the bar's packed. Or sometimes you come in and see a band on a dead night and then it's easy to shit on them. It's easy to say, oh, it's dead. So... These guys suck. No one wants to see them. Where it's like, maybe they played six shows this month and right. five of them were packed. And here's the one dead one that you're here for. And I guess ultimately, regardless of any of that, I think you will help yourself the most as opposed to taking the approach of, well, these guys suck. Well, mm. uh, this the guitar player or uh, the, the vocalist. Sitting there, uh, the, sitting there picking everything out. Yeah, because we could all do that to each other. We're all yeah. at a level where we could all pick each other apart if we wanted to. But really, I think where you're going to find the most benefit is looking at that band and looking out at the crowd. And even if there's five people in there, but they're enjoying themselves, try to figure out why those five people are there try to figure out what it is about this band that drew these people through the door you can learn through that you can learn through hey they've got this going from they got that going for them sure it's not their best night uh crowd wise but they bring something to the table and i think it's almost your job to look for that. And if you can't find anything, I think that maybe there's a problem from within at that point. I think maybe there's Someone's a, a little bitter, a little bit of bitterness bitter in life. He probably wakes up every day and wants to speak to the manager at Meyer. Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, you're trying to self justify and you're wanting to go in and go, yeah. well, I, we're better than them or I'm better. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people with this attitude, I find don't play as much as they'd like to. Mm. And it's the reality of it is, is maybe that problem starts with the person in the mirror. Yep. More so than anything else. So maybe figure out what it is. These bands are getting booked. These bands are playing. They're doing what they do. Maybe they're not hitting a grand slam every time, but you know what? That, that's hard to do, you know, even in baseball, a good batting average is, you know, high 200s or 300s. That means you're hitting the ball three out of 10 times, you know, I, it's 
you're not always going to hit a grand slam every time. Yeah. I say, fuck that shit, dude. Let, let negativity roll off your back, dude, and keep doing and keep thriving. Exactly. Of, of, of what you want to do, man. Just keep going at it. Agreed. You're booked. You're playing to the people who are being picked apart in these situations. You know, don't let it get to you because you know your worth. You know what you're doing. You've been doing it. Keep doing it. So I want to say thank you guys for that. I want to say thank you all for listening again. Please tell your friends. Please spread the word. Big thank you to Mr. Shane McGuire for coming in. Yes. He's got a gig to go to tonight because he is still working. He's a working man. Working man. <laughs> so he's going to go play up in Port Huron tonight. We'll see you soon. Thank you so very much. Okay. Love it. Rock it. Own it, my friends. Peace.